Welcome back. Welcome back. I missed you. This is the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. Today's episode is quite different than most of the others in that I am going to be issuing a trigger warning straight up right here at the beginning, telling you that we in this episode talk about some really raw and deep and traumatic shit, including sexual assault, suicide, and uh, things are going down in this one. The guest this week is my friend Jade Electra, someone who describes her Instagram account as reading my page will feel like reading parts of my journal you shouldn't. She is an open-hearted, leading with heart, raw, vulnerable, inspiring human being. She is a yogi. She is a teacher. She is a healer. She is an artist. And basically, in this episode, we just dive straight into the deep end. We're far from the shallows now. If you know what I mean. That was me doing Lady Gaga, which I didn't anticipate doing when I woke up this morning. But nonetheless... Enjoy the episode. You can follow Jade on the internet at Jade Electra. She is a gem. And, um, and yeah, be prepared to, uh, to get straight in the deep end with the cannonball as we discuss all of the things. Enjoy. All right, we're recording now. Okay. So don't say that what I just said. Don't say okay. what you just said or do what you just did. Okay. That's what every ex-boyfriend s- always has told me. That's shameful. You're going to start by reading one of your favorite quotes, though, from the book that you brought. <laughs> um, what's the name of that book? What is a, what is I don't know. You say? can see the cover you're holding. Oh, it says, It'll Be Okay and You Will Be Too by, by Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. Who is that? I don't know. He sounds handsome. He sounds intriguing. Do you think you could get him to sign my book? Yeah. If you do a good job of this podcast, I'll sign the book. <laughs> oh, God. No pressure. Imagine a box. Imagine a glass box. Imagine a big glass box in a big dark room. And imagine you fill it with heart, with soul, with love. Imagine all of it is filled with all of you. Everything you were and are. And imagine it filled to the brim. But imagine it doesn't feel heavy. It feels light, pure. Imagine one day the big glass box drops, smashes and shatters, everything breaks, all of it all over the place, pieces of you everywhere. That's what heartbreak feels like, orphaned limbs and hollow bones stuck. Now imagine a future, a later, a soon to come and a nearly there. Imagine an unexpected light from a nook you never noticed. And imagine it shines on the shards just right, and suddenly the big dark room roars with light, rainbow reflections, colorful escape. That's what love feels like. Love turns our prisons into prisms. Ah. It's a good line, that last one. Uh, actually, I thought they all were, but if you wanna, you know, highlight one, that's fine. Well, thanks for reading that. It's, it was quite surreal to start with my own words reflected back at me. Well, thank you for writing that because that was one of the most beautiful pieces and I just opened to that page and it's so perfect. 
I thought you were wearing my jacket right now. I thought I'm not. you just took off I, my nope. big furry jacket, but it's your own furry jacket. Jade Electra. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? I'm so good. Are you sure? I've never answered how are you with I'm so good, right? That was weird. Um, I am so many things. You know, some uh, at some point in my life, I think it was three years ago, someone told me that love is the encompassment of every emotion. And I feel like I'm... That's my answer of how I am is every, I feel like there's waves and the waves behind us I hear and like, just feels like that's where I'm at right now, which is just a revolving piece of energy. Hi. So this is going to be just the standard superficial you know. conversation, isn't it? <laughs> I like to play in the shallows. <laughs> like the Lady Gaga song. Ooh. Do you know that one? Oh my God. Yeah. So I was going to sing it, but it would just, don't people would it. turn off. Yeah, don't sing yeah it. I won't. So for the people that do not know you. Who, like who the hell are you what's your deal oh my god if i could answer that question yeah do you want me to answer yeah that? you probably would answer better than i would jade electra is uh, a yoga practitioner but also a transformative writer and speaker oh my she god. is a fitness advocate oh. she changes lives online with the words that she writes and the online challenges and programs that she runs she's a good friend of mine She's a, a big shiny light in a big uh, internet trash can called the internet. internet <laughs> you social just media called trash me can. an internet trash can. No, you're the but light. it's so accurate. I'll take it. You're a, you're a lovely writer, and you are wow. uh, a woman that lives heart first mm -hmm. and helps others to do the same. And Thank I'm glad you. to know you. Wow. See, that's why I need you to fill those shoes, because yeah. you just knocked my socks Clean off. Off. <laughs> I'm speechless. Thank you. Yeah. I'm. But you, you like, you write a lot about um, limiting beliefs. You write about empowerment. Mm. I feel like a lot of women look up to you wow. for that reason. I feel like a lot of women, and again, I'm just totally projecting my own guesses here, but mm. I feel like a lot of people look up to you for um, your emotional resilience and openness to have hard conversations for doing hard things, for like being an example of all the shit that you talk about. It's, what, what do you reckon? Does any of that resonate? It, no, it definitely resonates, but it also doesn't land because I feel like the medicine can't read the label and the lighthouse can't see its own light. Like those things are just so, I don't know. I don't really stop and think too much about what I am or what I'm doing. It's just the act of being is the artist way in my opinion. So I just am in, in existence with all those things, but I you think you're an artist? Yeah. That okay. I know for sure. Yeah. But I, I wanted to say that two weeks ago was the first time I ever thought, I think I might be a writer. Two weeks ago. And I was just like, I had to put it down on something. Like, who are you and what do you do? And normally I'll write yoga teacher, but it doesn't ever feel like that's what I am. And so finally I was like, I went to, well, the NQ um, workshop with you. NQ's a spoken word poet. And we went so to a good. thing in LA together. Yes. Like, yeah. what was that? A month ago or something around there? Yeah. And... He said, you know, I think everyone's a writer. Everyone's a poet. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I fall under everyone. Um, so that's been really cool to kind of go like, hey, because I don't have a book out. I don't have anything that like, mm. well, you're a writer of what? Someone asked me that. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, now uh, internet captions. But, but, I, but I am a writer. You know, it doesn't have to be tied to something. It's just I do because I write. 
Yeah, I've been biting my tongue the whole time because this is a pet peeve of mine. Oh, shit. Like in, in a good me. way. Mm-hmm. We're, we're totally in alignment with that. My opinion is if you write, then you're a writer. Mm-hmm. And we live in a, in a world where there has never been more people writing every single day than literally right now <sighs> with so Twitter and Facebook yeah. posts and emails and text messages and all the, all the things. Such a good point. And one of the things that I really am not a fan of is when I click on people's Instagram profiles, for example, and it says aspiring writer. Oh, I it agree. It just kills me. Or aspiring yogi. Aspiring yogi. Oh, gosh, I totally understand. Aspiring. Was... Um, a lot of people have adapted um, Dallas, Dallas Clayton's line about an aspiring ray of sunshine or something like this. Oh. It's a good line, but it's like, no, just you are be the, the, ray be of the fucking ray of yeah. sunshine. Yeah, so if you write, you're a writer. I agree yes. with you. I yeah. agree. Thank you. You're welcome. You're a, you're a great writer too. Oh the reason I think you're a great writer, and I don't, I'm not going to compliment you the whole time. I know. I was going to say we're running a, out of them so fast. I know. I have a list in front of me, and I've already ticked off most. <laughs> There's of them. one thing on there, so. But I think one. Well, I was going to say a great writer, but perhaps great artist is a better description. Mm-hmm. Is because I think you're all heart, mm-hmm. and I think when you write or create or live from the place of heart, then it's it's um, it's vulnerable and it invites intimacy and connection, and people resonate with that, right? Yeah, thank you. So I what's guess, your what's your process like when you're trying to create things? Ah, uh, you know what's funny is at that NQ workshop, he asked us, as you know, to write a poem. Mm-hmm. And I as I was like, Oh yeah, well now I'm a writer, cool. I could not write for shit. I couldn't write anything. And, you know, he asked us to share and I was like, Oh my god, it took me back to my days where I was such a perfectionist I wouldn't write anything because I thought if I just did nothing then I couldn't be faulted for falling short of my own expectations and pressure. And That's so a was, really powerful way to self-sabotage your life it? as well. Like I'm if you're so listening and you're avoiding, like, <laughs> stop that shit. That is exactly that. Do not do what Jade did. And uh, yeah, so Instagram kind of broke me of that because I was actually, English is my favorite subject and writing is my favorite subject and I consistently got D's and F's in it. Um, but the teacher loved me. He was like, what is your problem? You write so good, but you won't finish anything because I just didn't want to commit to my mm. lackluster expectations or not not hitting those. Um So what I realized for sure at the NQ thing was I can no longer write on paper. I'm literally a write in my notes. My notes, I only can write the one or two lines of of a beginning of something. And otherwise, it's straight into the text box of Instagram. For some reason, I feel so free on there. And it just... You don't edit anything? You just literally open the app and just Uh start ranting? Yeah. I open it and sometimes I'll have no idea but typically I'll have one line that came to me that day Mm. or in the moment and it's just the first line and from there I don't even know I don't even know what I write till at the end and my brain has trained itself so well that I know exactly how long I have to like this the character amount yeah it's so funny and I'll start to get like a little bit of anxiety when I know I'm still so deep in it and I have to like end something like oh shit I'm pretty sure at some point it's just gonna be like nope um but yeah, it's just honestly, I get to go on there and I think what I love is it feels so artistic in the fact that I'm doing it just to do it. It's not for anyone. I don't get any money off of writing these things. Like It's just a creation to create. And I think that's what's really made me fall in love with being an artist is like, to me, an artist is just making something for nothing, like because they have to, because it's just in the pipeline and it's next to be delivered and like they just drop to their knees when something comes and you just give yourself to it and it just Mm. feels so 
I love that there's like the music component and there's the video component or a picture and then the words like it's just you create this art piece that just gets a little bit of a frozen in time aspect um so your instagram account is like a museum of your Ooh, art i've never heard it put that way i like I just that made it up. that's beautiful Thanks. you should write that down or i'm gonna write that down <laughs> see it on your um, instagram tomorrow that's so fun. i know i'm like <laughs> i came up with this damn it um i usually call it a time capsule or a mm. diary like an open diary that everyone yeah. just gets to read because like it doesn't matter if anyone was reading it or if it was just myself and my mom i would be posting the same thing so how do you deal with the idea that you have like tens of thousands of people reading your work <laughs> well this is the first time i'm considering it right now because your work is so what you're describing is you just open this thing up mm-hmm. you start rambling from a place of heart mm-hmm. and you don't really know what you're doing until you finish mm-hmm. and then you post this thing forever mm-hmm. in a time capsule mm-hmm. where anybody on in the world can read it mm-hmm. and the stuff that you do discuss is on the vulnerability scale it's it's up there. Is it? And I have no idea. It's well, just where I, I mean, live. Yeah, I know that. So I guess that, I can't tell. that's a perfect lead-in. So like, how did you start living there? Mm-hmm. And how do you like how do you deal with living there mm-hmm. in that space where you're just sharing vulnerable shit? Because I have my own stuff, but Damn. vulnerability, Jake. What's your... Gosh. Um, so I live there all the time because I spent so much time not living there. And I spent so much time not living there that it was like, I wasn't living. I was just drudging along, trying to conform to what everyone else wanted me to become. And I recognized that at some point you look around at the people you're trying to people please and you're like, they're not even fucking happy either, nor am I. So hell no, like this is end, this ends here. Um, I just spent so many, so much time like wrangling with people over who I was, arguing with them. I remember I was like little and I was arguing with this guy over what my favorite color was. And I was like, genuinely having an argument, like, well, and then I started thinking, well, is this my favorite color? Like, am I wrong? And I was like, what the hell? That's, how does he even know? Why am I giving someone agency over the color I love? Um, Mm. So I just, I just at some point married myself. And I read this poem the other day that said like, there's a line that said, "I, I hope one day when I ask someone like, who did the, who is our first love that they would say themselves and I actually have a locket on right now that I just bought with no one in it and I was at the store and the girl was like the girl had the same locket on so I was oh I love your locket it's like a gold shaped heart it's beautiful it's got a little mm-hmm. yeah it's like vintagey looking and um I said who's in your locket she's like oh my boyfriend got it for me but I haven't put anyone in it yet and she's like I want to put like my my dog and my family and we were laughing because like I was like, oh, he's going to ask you who's in it. And sh- and you didn't get him. You didn't put him in it. She's like, who's going to be in yours? And I said, I think myself, you know, it, but it's, it's such a cool concept to think about how popular self-love truly is becoming. And yeah, there's mm. fads to it. But anyhow, my whole point is that I just think a lot about my death. I spend every, every day I, at some point think about it and it motivates me to live more. And therefore, every single time I have any breath to do anything, I want to just be breathing in as much as I can. And I just don't have, like, I just don't ever want to post on my page to be for nothing. For, for you know, for what? I don't know. I couldn't even imagine posting something that just doesn't make me feel something. And I want to feel something every time I read my 
my own page. Like I'm posting the things that I wish I found because I can't mm. find them. And I think that's kind of the, what we find a niche in. We're like, oh, I can't find this. Or like I, I write, I, people tell me all the time, like, oh my God, my favorite influencer isn't writing the way they used to or posting what they used to, or I, I miss this. Or I'm like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> are you putting your like foot in that doorway that you see open? No, you're waiting for someone else to do it. Like probably it's you that we're waiting for right now. Mm. Um, so I just stopped waiting for that. And I just wanted to be the person that I found. And the coolest thing, the only time I ever taste a little bit of like the power of my writing is when someone else posts my own words from a while ago and I'll stumble. I'm like, Oh, why did they tag me in this? And I'm reading it. I'm like, this is, this is pretty good. <laughs> Oh God, that kind of hits me in the gut. And I'm like, oh shit, why'd they write my name at the end? Cause it's yeah. so, it's so subconscious when I write it. It's just like flow. You're just tapping directly into yeah. that channeled flow state. Is that how you write? No. Really? Yeah, no. It's a thought process? Um, less and less. Well, it's, it's both mm-hmm. for me. Um, but I do, I do want to just flag that I totally agree with what you just said. And I just blanked on it. I had I had this like great. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had this to. great thought, and I was like, "Oh, that's so good. That's directly in line with." Um, oh, I know what it is. So I I use the same line. I, I often say like I write the things that I want to read, mm. and that I started writing the articles that I couldn't find. Whoa! And it was just that's like a new level. Yeah, I'm just like I love that. Well, nobody's saying the things uh, that I want to read or saying it in a way that I would say it or understand or understand relate. it or uh-huh. relate or all of that. And so it was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to start sharing it. And then I loved what you said earlier about this idea of art being something that you just can't not do mm-hmm. essentially of like, mm-hmm. I have to, if there was no followers or no Instagram, right. It would still be oh, something that I would be sitting around yes. playing with words and forming sentences and, goofing off that way i was once on this road trip to mexico and it's a 14 hour drive into the desert and i was with uh it's pretty much a guy's trip so i was with like three other guys in the car and they were telling me i was talking about my instagram and artistry and blah blah and they were saying that he had one of the guys had his name was jordan he had this um course in college where it was a music class and the professor would bring in like a semi um like a semi celebrity or maybe an older celebrity um, artist that had been in the music industry, and they would do a, essentially a podcast interview. The mm. class was each class was a new person that they interviewed, and the and the students could ask questions. And this guy, I think it was the Blind Melon dude, he came up and he was talking on his podcast. And this this kid stands up at the end when he gets asked a question. And he said, "So I have four smash hits that I've written, like bangers. Absolutely, they're going to take me to the top of the charts." but I haven't released them yet. And so the blind non dude's like, well, why haven't you released them? He goes, because I'm saving them for when I get big. And then I'm going to, when I'm at the top of the tsunami, release them. He goes, you're not a real artist. And the kid goes, what? He's like, you're not a real artist. And he's like, what do you mean? He said, a real artist gives because it's there. It's on the conveyor belt. They have to like push that Mm. out because more is always coming. They don't live in fear or in like scarcity. There's no mindset like that because they know just they have to give what's in their hands. Right. And I just loved that. I thought that was so... Have you ever faced that? Because I, years ago, I used to worry about that idea of, um, of, oh, what if the ideas stop coming or Mm. what if I don't get inspired Mm. or, you know, oh, I'll, I'll have, I have like a ton of articles on the go, but... I'd be like, ah, oh, what if I, what if I don't know what to post? What if I just stop having things to say mm-hmm. and whatnot? And the way that I got around that was to realize that 
if I am perpetually growing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I'm perpetually learning, if I'm perpetually curious and doing new things and talking to new people, then there will always forever be things to share, mm-hmm. period. And, uh, yeah. and it's like a roundabout way of like doing it not for the art, but uh-huh. for the... Experience, the journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also think that sometimes there's nothing to say, and that's another phase of it too, is like just to be in silence and to spend some time having experiences. I think a lot of times on the internet too, this can be just my weird reading into things, but people like write about things and then they don't go experience. And mm. so then they're writing at some point is going to run out because they're not in the experiences of it. Like right now, I kind of got to a point where I was like, well... I've written about most of the things that I've been through and I stopped kind of going out and having these adventures where I would have these pitfalls that I could express and move through and understand. My life started being really joyous and then I was like, well, shit, I mean, maybe I need to go make make some more adventures. Maybe I need to go get lost in myself instead of, I think everyone gets kind of, not everyone, a lot of people get very lost in the sauce of like, I need to give to someone. I need to be inspiring. I need to... Mm. create and it's like it's like what NQ was saying like if you're if you're stuck you're not in the in the process of it you're like too much in like the in your head yeah you're just trying to like thinking about the product and not the process so how do you balance that then because you're very much alive and creating from a heart-centered place and so there's this ongoing you know personal development talk of head versus the heart and Mm -hmm. um so what's your What's your process for checking in with your body or your heart and and letting that lead versus the fears and anxieties of the head? I'm not sure. I would say that life keeps me on my toes. And just when you get too comfortable or too sure of something, it goes, ah, I'm going to flip you. I'm going to put you in the washing machine and then rip you out and like put you in a rock tumbler for a couple days um to soften you yeah that's what they tell me but it doesn't feel that way (laughs) but yeah to soften you to open you to crack you to give you a scar to write about Mm. like it's just you're always going to be provided for when you're here to create and i just think i think that life kind of regulates me i don't think i go in like oh well it's time to do this or yeah but like how do you continue to to go to that hard place right Mm -hmm. You, you you live your life heart forward mm-hmm. you're trusting your gut you're taking the chance you're being intuitive you're living from that place and mm-hmm. then life just sledgehammer mm-hmm. fucking bang <laughs> or takes a takes the weed the whacker to your heart knife, or whatever weed whacker, so like how do that. you visceral yeah how do you or, or what have you learned from that process and and how do you go back to that heart-centered place again and again and again? Well, I think you said go, like, how do you live there? How do you go there? How do you go back? Like, I never leave. Right. So, essentially, there's no choice for me of, like, dipping out. Like, you know, obviously most everyone knows I went through a heartbreak recently. And there was so, like, there was a couple death solid days in there where I was like, God damn, I wish I did drugs. I wish I drank so I could just get fucking obliterated because it's so painful. Mm-hmm. I've never been in that space where I've, like, wanted to go numb, go unconscious, go fucking... Or just escape or avoid. Yeah, I'm not that person typically, but the pain was so intense that I was like... What did did you do with the pain? Instead of that? Yeah. Well, some days I dove into it and like day three of it, I was like leaned over on the counter with all my family um, and with my grandpa and like it was just such a family-centered time and I was in such deep pain and I looked at my mom and I was like, I want to fucking die. 
But the thing is that I recognize is like, that's the way that I communicate. That's my 10 out of 10. It doesn't mean that I actually want to die. I used to think it did. I tried, but I know now that like, that's my body saying, Hey, there is a volcano inside of you and you need to figure out how to erupt it in a, in a potent, powerful manner. You need to change this direction of the energy because it's not coming out like right. So I think depression and uh, suicidal thoughts are like my way of when it's really at its peak. Like, hey, redirect, reshift, because I was just on the counter. Like I couldn't even stand up. I was so wrought with pain. But the thing I, the thing I experimented with in this heartbreak I've never done before is like, okay, I feel like I've survived many atomic bombs of heartbreaks, many atomic bombs of life shitting on me. Like, mm. I figured I'm just a cockroach. I'm going to fucking survive head on, head off. Like, I might as well just do something with it. Like, what happens if I don't put the grief to bed with me? What happens if I wake it with me? I take it with me. I move it with me. And so I just called my coach and I was like, listen, I need seven days a week of ass beating. You need to cramaga my shit out of me. Like, and I would go and I would sob some days. I'd sob for 30 minutes. He would sit and listen to me ramble. And then he'd smack my head and be like, let's fucking work. So I think, you know, having someone that was very masculine driven oriented also would listen to me was really positive for me. And I also punching it out, like instead of going into yoga and yin and like, like sleeping with it, it's all I can tell you is like sleeping with Mm. the grief, like, like carrying it like a baby. I fucking redirected it and it's made all the difference. I love that. And I just want to attempt to summarize (laughs) in a succinct way (laughs) what I think I'm hearing. Yes. Because there's so much good stuff in there that you, that you kind of quickly skimmed over. Mm-hmm. So one, I'll just start rambling and hopefully I, some of them come up. But like openly sharing how you're really feeling to people that are close to you with your yeah. mom, for oh example, of, of just so being true. like, I want to die mm-hmm. or I feel like dying, right? And being honest with yourself and what's really going on in your body. Uh, channeling the energy into something productive and or healthy. Mm-hmm. So you went and got super fucking fit and I started eating way better than I ever have in a time when I didn't want to eat at all well to redirect the anger as well no no to to just I said if I want to if I want my body to help me through this yeah I need my body functioning at its highest most intuitive levels which to me is a gallon of water a day Mm. vegan and like like we're going through an emotional fucking roller coaster boot camp fucking fucking shit storm hell week yeah so we need to really focus on self-care and if you're on hell week you're not going hopefully dear god you're not going to burger king and taco bell on your Mm. off days because if you're an athlete you know that what you're putting in is like i'm gonna pay for this later it's already so like you're already paying for it what happens if you go the opposite direction of emotional eating i love that thank you like you're welcome. Keep going. Because like, those are like, I love how you're unpacking I'm trying, it. I'm trying to like unpack it because Please. I love, I love this idea of um, like well, turning big thoughts into small things. Yeah, like, you're so good at that. I, that. That's my thing. I like doing that because I like when other people do that for me. I think it's, it's, it's laziness really. It's like <laughs> on my part, no, on my part where I'm like, okay, like, yeah, there's, Cut seven, to the chase. there's 17 pages explaining what personal development means but like what's the thing mm, like I what's the that. actual what's thing the that thing? i need to know or like to remember yeah. right so, so another example of that was years ago when i was going through my own heartache and whatnot i turned 
all of that into this one little snippy line, which is the best revenge is a happy life. Oh, I just read that in your book when I opened it. Yeah, it's in my book. And so I was like, well, fuck it. Like, the best revenge is I'm going to be sober for four months. I'm going to get super fucking ripped. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my business to another level. I'm going to do all the things that I want to do for myself. I'm going to be a shining fucking light of love and, like, the (laughs) highest version of myself. And, like, that'll be my revenge, being like, Kind of, kind of done out of like spite and anger like and revenge body, but it's like, like revenge body. But yeah. It's like fuck off. Like I love that. Like I'll be the best mistake you ever had or whatever. And it's powerful though. It's powerful. It's healthy, but still. it's in a healthy way. And it, it took me a couple months there to shift the mindset from you know <laughs> intention. You're gonna see the six pack and you're <laughs> yeah. gonna feel pain. <laughs> it was yeah, it was that. Well, um, okay, I, wait, but so can I tell you? Can I tell you my I, one line? Yeah. That I learned. Sure. Not from this, but it was like probably a year, two years ago. If your love could have healed them, it would have by now. That was my like one line. I was like, what does this all mean? What is if all? If your love could have healed them, yeah. it would have by now. Yeah. So like when you're in a relationship or a friendship or your family ship and you're like, I just need to do, uh, no. Like if, like, especially since most of my relationships are like, say two years long mm-hmm. of me giving, giving, like the IV of my blood, just going straight into love, so going like straight into this person. Thing. Yeah. Just like, you know, but yeah, for sure. Um, but thinking like, okay, at some point you need to step back and be like, if you were their medicine, it would have worked. You don't mm. just give this, the patient the same drip of, of IV over and over and be like, oh, aren't they getting better? It's, yeah. You're not the answer for anyone but yourself. Yeah, and there's, a, there's another aspect to that which I adore, which is you're um, enabling them to not step into a place where they heal themselves and realize oh, their own yes. strength right yeah it's actually the counterintuitive to what yeah. you think you're doing oh i'm helping them i'm helping i'm helping, I'm helping you're guys. literally like mm. keeping the wound open you're and holding like them back yeah and yourself it's yeah duality for sure i like that um okay what else did you do you dedicated yourself to getting fit you reached out to a coach mm-hmm. which is a big thing a so essentially you asked for help yeah right and you said look this is what i need from you hold me accountable mm-hmm. to this level of living yes and he agreed to kick your ass hard like in a professional healthy Somewhat, manner sometimes yeah yeah and <laughs> like, all over and, the gamut and like the wonderful thing that i love about coaching or training or whatever is if you get the right person that fits with you then they see the you for what you really yes. are and they can get the best out of you and they can challenge your limiting beliefs and excuses that you don't even necessarily know are there and you know what that reminds me of as i was thinking the other day like someone was asking me like why do I love people like what what is it that I fell in love with because I I always just didn't really agree with like oh you fell in love with his potential because I just never that never jived and never felt real in my bones so I was like well what is it that I do I feel like love or people are like a hallway like a long hallway and like you can see at the end of the hallway but the end of the hallway is the mask that they chose or the the garbs that they're dressed in whatever show they're trying to put on I see down the hallway and around the curve so they're on the curve is like where they really are, where they're changing, they're naked, they're getting changed and like that's their closet. Like, I love you for that all the way down through the mask around the corner. Mm. And that that's really painful for a lot of people because they don't want you to see the smoke and mirrors. It's like the Wizard of Oz, right? I love you for the person behind there, but they're so in love with doing the show that mm. they can't, it's not the, that's not who they're trying to give you. Are you comfortable being fully seen from the opposite? God, it's my only, my only hope for being here. Yeah. But so, like, you're you're 
adept at like identifying ways you might be hiding, for example, or like you get called out, or are you just like, no, nah, it's open book all the time? Um, no, I think because when you start dating someone, right, you're kind of like, oh, hey, <laughs> I'm awesome, you know, look at, uh-huh. look at me looking nice and being the best version of myself. Sort of, but kinda. you know, my first question used to be. No. Not this last relationship, but like when I first met you, we'd be on a date right now. And I'd look at you and I'd be like, the first question, I'd be like, what's the saddest day of your life? Dang. Because I just wanted to get to that like fucking place where my heart, your heart is in my hand. And it was like beating. What's and I'm just like, yeah, but I used what's to be What's the saddest really... day of your life? God. And to, pr- and to just, if you're listening, Jade and I talked and she said, there's nothing off limits. I'm <laughs> an open I, book. As I pause, you can ask me anything. Like, I want, yeah, because you were giving me stink eye. And you said, uh, no, there's <laughs> don't nothing. Don't quote me, don't quote there's me. There's nothing I don't want to talk about. Well, I think I said drive the knife in further. Um, oh, yeah, you asked. I did, yeah. yeah. What there's was the a few more variations. Well, two things come to mind. One is when my ex and I just broke up, but that's like more of a recent thing. But like yeah. really the first one that I felt, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to say that, is... um is the day I remembered that I was raped because I didn't remember for two months. And it was someone I know and knew very well. And that's still just something that's interesting to me. I wouldn't say it's like lodged in my brain or really at the forefront, but it feels heavy still. But but I'm so grateful for it because I think that everything comes with a gift and a price. And if you're willing to pay the price, you're willing to keep going and get the gift. And the gift of that was like, now I can speak to and understand the pain of the world and the people who aren't even able to talk about that or express that. And my God, I like love those people. I love the people that are, this is going to be hard for people to hear and hard for me to say, but I love the people that are doing the raping because like they're so fucking in pain that they're causing someone that level, the same level of pain that most likely was done to them. And that has been something that I wanted to say for a long time. So I'm grateful that I get to say it on here because it's not a very popular thing to look at. It's not a very fun thing to look at. People like to look at just the, the, the easy to identify sad part of it. But the reality is like when I realized that the person that did to me was like vastly, intensely uh, molested as a child, I can't even, blame him for you know the things that he did because and i think thank thank you for sharing so openly like i just i see you and like i honor that that's big i appreciate that um and i think just to clarify i think what i'm hearing is um you're distinguishing between the person and the act right oh yeah thank you for for right so it's not we're not talking about the act we're Uh we're saying hurt people hurt people is another way to sum it up right of like and I use this as well, not not to that level of violence, but to describe um, to describe individuals of like I put myself in that position. Like how how much pain must you be in to be angry all the time, yeah. or to oh. join a to join a racism group, mm-hmm. or to beat be your, that mean, beat your partner, or to be violent? Right? How much angry. sadness must you have in your body Heavy. to act in that way? Don't you think it's honestly usually more than you're even giving out? More what? Like you have been through deeper, darker yeah. chasms than you are handing out to whoever it is that you're passing it on to. Maybe it's the same mm. level. There's this thing that my friend's husband told me. He just knows how I work, and he's like, got on the. F- I was on the phone to my friend, and he's like. I have something to tell Jane. 
And he said, what is it? He goes, this is a line for you. You might want to write it down. He said, trauma is frozen at its peak. So whatever it's stored in your body, it's like the, the most intense version of it is like alive. And it, it's like a silent alarm clock. So it's still always going on, even if you're not aware and you're like, so that's the irony, right? A lot of people want to do my challenges or they want to come on retreats or they want to heal. And they say, but I don't want to unpack the things I have. And I'm like, but you're carrying that baggage anyway. So the mm. only thing that you can do to, to ensure that you feel this pain all the time is this thing, the thing you're doing now, which is nothing. Um, it's gonna, it's like a popping a zit, right? Like it's really painful when it starts to come out to the top, but it like, it heals once you get that poison or that like um, infection mm. out of your skin, but it needs to happen. So how do you even begin? I, I, I totally, I'm on track with you. So like how, I'm just thinking for somebody listening, right? That's like, uh-huh. okay, hang on. <laughs> oh God. Well, you, in, in a good, in a good healthy way, but like you're, you're talking about like the saddest day of your life. Mm-hmm. You're talking about one of the most violent things that can happen to you aside from murder, mm-hmm. right? And you're, you've gone to a place, I don't know how long this took, but that's kind of my question is now you're at a place of love for the person mm-hmm. that caused you this pain and this sorrow Mm -hmm. so like what's the process and I understand the um I understand the process what you're saying is like well you have to feel into the pain you have to feel the feelings let it up to come to the surface etc but like for for people who are who are at home like how do you actually do this Mm -hmm. shit like what does that look like it's the balancing of the masculine and the feminine so you I, I truly believe that you can't heal in one one of those ways so if you want to fully heal the wound it's not just like just medicine once and then you never tend to the wound right there's like emotional and there's physical um so to me it's not just like sitting with it and journaling it and breathing it and drinking tea and talking to your friends about it it's also like moving it out of the body punching bag yeah punching bag tremor release tre which is a really powerful modality which is where do you know what that is no it's where you um fatigue the the thighs and the legs so when you have um the flu have you ever gotten the flu and you have um tremors you start to shake no no what you've never tremored i mean like shook like where you start to like like um, when i'm really cold yeah kids it's like that okay but when you get sick if you i've I'm sure most people have had this happen, maybe not. Um, you start to, your body starts to go into tremors, a shake. And it's actually processing, trying to process out the infection and the sickness. But what do your parents do? They cover you with a blanket. They put you mm. in a bath. They try and take it. They try and stop the healing without knowing. So when an animal gets like alerted to something scary or like it's in fear or thinks there's a threat, have you ever seen like it barks or it jumps and it, all the hair stands up? Mm. Well, that's a threat. Their whole nervous system is in shock. And when they recognize, okay, there's no threat, they do what's called a pea shiver, what we call it, boys call it, I guess. And it's a one like little shake where the whole spine gets like, and the threat goes away. So then they clear their nervous system. We as humans don't do that. We just let that silent alarm go on and on and on and on. We don't ever reset our system. Like computers get scraped. Everything gets like like a second chance to, to drop it's weight, but we don't do that. We just carry it with us. So tremor release is the act of like fatiguing the thighs and the legs. You lie on your back and there's many ways to do it. But the way that I teach it is um, soles, of, soles of the feet together, knees out wide. And you just bring your knees up like two inches at a time, trying to find the space where you can start to butterfly. They'll start to shake. 
And that is actually processing out PTSD. It's great for that trauma, any kind of store. So when trauma happens, it's stored in your cellular memory. So then, uh, so do people have like visceral emotional experiences from the physical yes. act of working their legs out like that? Uh, like doing the tremor, the tremor thing, like the butterfly yes. thing? Yes, so I've taught it in the rehab centers and you can hear sometimes people gutturally scream. It's a scream that starts at the bottom of their tailbone and rises up their spine all the way out of the throat. But it takes a lot of surrender to get there. Most times, like we taught this for months at a time until someone would find it because we're really good at turning off our system. We're really good at denying ourselves what we need instinctually so it's like turning that back on and getting out of the way is really hard for a lot of people i'm not very good at it myself because i'm like i'm in control i can do this i don't Mm. need to i don't need to surrender but it's it's really beautiful so when someone does it oftentimes it's not just in the legs um it goes up into the belly and i've seen someone where like the arms just start to wiggle like it's crazy you don't it looks like the person's having an exorcism or like convulsing convulsing Mm. and uh it's it's incredible. Breath work is incredible. Like I could go on and on about all the ways that we do it, but mm. holotropic breathing, where your body goes into a tetanus, you round your spine, and that's when people like scream and they get so high or they see these crazy experiences. And I taught in the rehab center and I did like the death meditation one time paired with holotropic breathing, paired with tremor release. I like slam them, and this kid gets up and he's like got tears streaming down his eyes and he looks at me. He's like. I've done every fucking drug. I've mixed. I've created every kind of concoction. I've been high as shit. He's like, that's the most high I've ever been is on my own breath in my own body. It's like, that was incredible. Like to hear that, oh, I was like, oh my God, it's crazy. It's so fucking true. You can heal anything. I know that. How do you know that? Because when you know something, your whole body just embraces so I always ask like this is the same thing I know about who's supposed to be in my life or not if if you're around them or you think of them do you expand or do you contract Mm. when you hear the truth your whole body just like relaxes a little bit leans into it like ease yes ease is exactly the word um I don't know I couldn't tell you how I know any of the things I know it's just what it is you know (laughs) (laughs) isn't that tricky I like that it's utter faith but so so the you just you're so fascinating to me. So the <laughs> you, um, you you just throw away these little things, and I I probably should have had a notepad because <laughs> in my brain I was like m- like maybe 20 minutes ago you referenced trying to kill yourself I think, uh-huh. and in my brain I was like oh we should probably talk about that <laughs> that seems quite significant. And suddenly we're across the world on a totally another yeah, tangent. and that's cool. Um, but even just now you're like oh yeah I teach at rehab centers, mm-hmm. and I think that's so fascinating. Thank so. You. And now we're talking about trauma. There's so many things oh, that man. I need to talk to you for like three hours. But <laughs> can we do a five-hour podcast? We can. Let me, we go 24 hours. We literally can. <laughs> um, okay, so back first let's finish up this trauma idea. Okay. So, so I was asking you how to process trauma or how to start that process. One way that I've heard it described that I really like is that um, I think what you said something about trauma freezes in the oh, body, at, the, at the highest emotional intensity Uh it freezes right and the way i've heard it described is that the body is just storing that the body is so overwhelmed by the intensity of that experience that it just stores it for a later date Mm. when we have knowledge or skills Uh or the surroundings where we can actually do something with it it's just like System overload, system overload. Uh, like store just it away in set the this aside in our kidneys or whatever, yeah. and like we'll just shove it in we'll, a drawer. We'll deal with it later. Put it in the junk drawer. Yeah, uh-huh. that. 
And so for you, an example might be, and I don't know this story, but like you said, there was a two months gap between mm-hmm. when the incident occurred and then you remembered it occurring. Yeah. So like, what was that like? Well, so it was not in the United States. So that's kind of important part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drugged and I just all of a sudden stopped remembering things. And it was like, uh, I would black out and come to. So I remember like five snippets. like Of the night. Uh-huh. Of, of this. Of the whole thing. The time when I left where I was and the time when it started to happen. Yeah. Um, I think that I remember. Oh, God. It was so crazy because the thing is. I had just promised myself, I had the hardest year of my life, and I was like, okay, I'm trying to get back on track. I just tried to kill myself two months prior, just started to try and heal from that and like get it together. And I had gotten uh, beaten up that same year by six guys and two girls, jumped, like leaving a club. It was just like my shamanic journey that year it was like, I'm gonna throw you through hell, and if you make it out of this, like, we're gonna, I don't know what, I don't, still was trying to figure out why, why that happened. But, um, so, I I literally remember being heartbroken for a split second when I came to realizing what was happening. And I was like, I just promised myself I was going to be celibate until I found the person I wanted to be with. And it was like taken from me. And I remember thinking like, I was so disappointed, but it wasn't my choice. So it was a weird feeling. And then I passed out, went, went dark. And uh, I think the next day for a bl- like a tiny second, I remembered but I had to be with this person in a car ride for four hours with his girlfriend and um, next to her. And so I just had to shut it down. Like my mm. brain, my body was just like, nope, we're not doing this. So uh, then I just never remembered again. And I got home and I was like so um, set on going on a, um, online dating and I was like, oh, I, got, I just need a date. I just need a date. I didn't know why I had this drive. And I started, I went out with this like professional soccer player. He was very handsome. He was very nice. We had such a nice time. Our conversation flowed. We were like texting. He gave me a good hug at the end. He paid for my coffee. It was just seemed, seemed really good. And then he never talked to me again. And I texted him once and he kind of like blew me off. And it really set me off in a wrong way I just really felt uneasy about it I was so obsessed with like why did this not work and I was like why is this bothering me we only went out once like it wasn't like you know we had this crazy and beautiful time and then it just hit me all of a sudden like a punch in the gut like oh this was the band-aid you were trying to make some other magical thing happen so you didn't have to look at what was underneath the tarp in the middle of your living room and uh so that was kind of that. I just all of a sudden remembered it and I was like, oh fuck. And then I just, I went to my friend's house and I was bawling. I was like, couldn't even barely drive to her house. And I was like, I need to tell you something. And the saddest thing that happened for me telling people is that nine out of 10 of my friends had worst, worst and worse in like quotations because you can't quantify trauma, but worse stories than I did of their fathers, of their uncles, of as children. And so it was like, oh God, I'm like trying to, you know, heal this. And then I'm getting back 10 times the stories that I was even just giving my one incident, which is not to say it's like nothing, but it just opened my eyes to how much this was a thing that I didn't know was occurring. Mm. 
And so it just started to weave its way into my work. Like, okay, this is important. This is something no one's talking about. And I don't feel embarrassed. I don't feel bad. I just know that it's like an experience and it needed to happen. And I paid the price and I got the gift. What's the gift? The power of seeing that he was in far more pain than he did to me. And... Mm -hmm to feel love for that person because I've seen him since then. Um, to feel compassion. It's honestly, compassion is the bottom of the treasure chest for that. It's like com to find utter grace and compassion for someone who unconsciously caused you so much pain or, so, or, or try to take something from you. Like that's what we think is happening. It's not that, but it feels that way. Um, it's, Compassion is the greatest gift. Grace is the greatest gift. Love is the ultimate. And I have all those things for him. So, and all those things for people who are, who don't have that for their abuser or it, it's, it all is relevant. It all matters. It's all valid. It's just different steps. Dang. Fuck. So, <sighs> I don't even know where the fuck to go from I know, there. shit. We just jumped off a couple cliffs. There's a couple cliffs. So <laughs> you you had this year where you got jumped by eight people mm -hmm. and then you were sexually assaulted mm -hmm. and you tried to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. So all when I was 25. That was a hell of a year. It was a hell of a year. So obviously that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Is it? I don't, is <laughs> I mean, it though? <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty decent year. Yeah. So how do you, I keep, I, I keep focusing on this idea of, you know, the how, perhaps. Mm, I love I'm, it. I'm just so intrigued by that of, you've been to some really dark caves, mm -hmm. right? And you've come out of those caves. And I know we've talked, you know, earlier about asking for help and expressing your emotions mm -hmm. and um, getting support, moving your body, etc. But what do you have to say about those really bleak days of, when you're thinking, I want to kill myself, mm -hmm. or when you try to kill yourself, mm -hmm. like I don't know what that. I know what oh, the you thoughts. You never wanted are. to. You never I, thought about it. I've I've had I've been to that darkness, like that numbness, uh -huh. um, and like I vivid. I think I've read you that spoken word that about yeah. walking down the street. I haven't released that, but I, I know. Yeah, one day, <laughs> and but like I know what I know what the numbness feels like, mm -hmm. and I know what grief feels like, mm -hmm. and I know what betrayal tastes like and I like I get it and um I've gone to those places of I wonder like how would I kill myself mm -hmm. or I wonder what that would feel like to mm -hmm. be sitting there and mm -hmm. getting that dark right mm -hmm. I've never um I've never gone anywhere near um actually contemplating it in a serious manner it's mm -hmm. more like a thought experiment to me uh -huh. and in the way that I was considering it, I suppose, was reflecting on, um, I found it somewhat empowering that I wasn't there yet. Like I was yeah. down, yeah. but I recognized I wasn't um, on at the that place. Path. Yeah. yeah, and that encouraged me in mm -hmm. a really odd or perverse way, mm -hmm. but also gave me a bit of perspective that like, you're doing okay. Yeah. Like, like we can hang here. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You know when you get to the point of a workout and you like you feel like you're dying, but uh -huh. then you're like 
and the guy's like, do one more. And you're like, I could do one more. Oh, I, I don't it's usually like, feel that way. I always feel like, I don't know if I can do one more. So I'm right. glad that you get to that But place. then you try at least. That's right? true. And then and you do one more every time. That. Yeah. It's, it's like getting to that rock bottom-ish place and just shifting your perspective to that one more next step. Like oh, one more breath, one more day. If you can't do a day, do an hour. If you can't do an hour, a do minute. 10 minutes. Yeah, do, do one minute. Stare at the clock and just do 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like one more breath, Yeah. right? Um, and that's why I think, going back to like rehab treatments, but they're so effective because they focus like one day at a time. Yeah. Like it's not just about presence. being sober forever. It's uh-huh. like just get through today. Yeah, be here. Be here. Yeah. So anyway, this is a very long-winded way of, of asking, like what do you have to say about being at that suicidal mm-hmm. darkness it will never get better mm-hmm. kind of place i i don't want to feel this anymore mm-hmm. and yet feeling that and feeling it anyway and choosing to continue so like what a word what words of wisdom do you got two Jane? things yeah. and i love this question so thank you for asking me um so emotions are packaged in a dual system so meaning if you feel the depth of depression pain, sorrow, trauma, brokenness, it only indicates how high you can go on the bliss scale. Do you know, um, sorry to interrupt you. No. This is like one of my favorite quotes of all time. Khalil Gibran. Mm -mm. You don't know this? No, do it. Have you read The Prophet? No. Okay, so if, and if you're listening, (laughs) this is like my favorite book of poetry that I've literally carried around continents when I was backpacking. Khalil Gibran, The Prophet. And there's a sequel called The Garden of the Prophet that I bought in South Africa, this dodgy little book stand. Nonetheless, the quote is, um, it's something like, the deeper that sorrow carves into you, the more joy you can contain. Uh, that's it. It's that. That's simple. It's, that's... So, wait, sorry to interrupt, but continue. No, your- thank you. That's a beautiful package on something I was trying to say. I think... The duality of emotion yeah, you're saying for sure i'm just there's so much i i believe in this so much and i know it's true because i've been there um another thing too as a side note is like i think a lot of artists are born in the darkness or sensitive to it uh-huh but i think they think they're created there because they don't have family that loves them or understands them or whatever it is but mm. that doesn't mean you need to live there big I, magic is a really good book about i this. haven't read that but i love her she's amazing she basically Did implodes s- the whole idea around the struggling Sorry. artist, yeah. the suffering artist. You have to be that you have to be miserable uh-huh. to be creative. I love that. And, and I think it alludes to what you were suggesting, which which is like the artists that are born into these places, they associate the darkness with the creative spark. Yeah. And it's not necessarily true. No, that's like painting with one color and being like, Oh, I just I have a big tube of orange, so I better just keep painting with orange and people mm. like when I paint an orange, so I should just always paint an yeah. orange. No. Um so I just think that is proof alone for you to know that like if you are this deep on the darkness scale, you can go this deep on the lightness scale. And I'm living proof of that. You can literally follow like all my friends when this breakup happened, they're like called me, okay, I know you love to roll in the pain and like <laughs> sleep with it, but you know, don't do that. And I was like, this is the first time I don't want to do that because I know I've tasted joy for the first time. And, um, and do you use your previous experiences as evidence that you can overcome this one? Of Finally. Like, of like, oh. 
Finally, Heartbreak, I do. Heartbreak, my yeah. old friend. Like, you know that song? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember when I first got that lyric, you know, like, hello, <laughs> hello darkness, my old friend, or whatever, of like my second heartbreak. It was like, oh. Oh, I've seen you before. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you know what's embarrassing oh. is I keep getting these fucking updates from Instagram and Facebook. Would you like to see where you were three years from now, three years ago? And it's like, oh my God, I'm in this heartbreak. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, God damn, Jade, like you're in this cycle. And it's it's funny because it's just all these moments where I was like, I'm not going to make it. Like, how do we not just look back at anything and be like, I've already been here. And I wrote this line the other day, like we keep falling in love with the same person in different bodies and it's like I know I didn't drop that one now it's it's on this podcast Um, but you know at some point you gotta wake up and be like oh I've seen this before oh this break it down to an energy so or stories yeah stories we tell ourselves about the person or the relationship and it's a Mm self-fulfilling prophecy right it's like the reason um, to use the common phrase like oh there's only assholes in my town or Uh, oh I only date assholes uh like well Stop dating assholes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like hold yourself to a higher standard. Tell Change yourself a different something. story yeah. about who you are and what you deserve from this life. Mm-hmm. And you'll stop dating assholes. Well, also when I first started my Instagram, I used to do this hashtag called know your, well, the hashtag would be know your worth. Mm. And I wrote it and wrote it and wrote it. And at some point I was like, this is bullshit. Like, how do you just know your worth? Like, no, you need to fucking create your worth. You need to mm. like dig in and be like, oh, you know, I don't like this empty phrase of like, you just deserve better. You know, you need to try harder or whatever it is like to love, like find better love or whatever. Like, no, what are you doing every day that that you means you do have worth? Because a lot of times we're just like, oh, I should believe this empty phrase. No, like work out, breathe, write, do something that you go, oh, these are the reasons why I deserve better. These are the reasons why I have worth. Give yourself legs to stand on. Instead of just empty, empty listening, like, oh, I just, I'm perfect, dry, deserve, why do you deserve like better? mantras, you're saying? Yeah, empty like, mantras. Empty like, mantras. fill it with some meat. It sounds like the, f- the filling is related to action. Exactly. Instead that of just is talk. the That is the thing that I finally put into place with healing. I did all the thought process, all the soul retrieval, all the gathering. The other part I wanted to say really fast is that soul retrieval... Are you familiar with this term? I feel like we were raised in different dialects. No, I don't know. <laughs> I've been trying to find someone that speaks my language for 31 years. I'm so pretty well versed in woo You're pretty good at speaking woo woo, Jade. Yeah, you've got a good um, Soul retrieval. Soul retrieval. Tell me about it's soul retrieval. It's beautiful. Retrieval. So okay. it's actually an old shamanic practice, and people used to die doing it because it goes great. right. What's your one on you right now? And see if you come back. You'd go so deep in your subconscious that people would not make it back. Um, I don't practice that way, but the kinds I do are guided meditations typically. And um, so the way my healer described it is she said, when, say you're seven years old and something traumatic happens. The So let's say Jeremy, yourself, is seven years old and mm. something happens that's really painful. Your joy or your, not your joy, your like sorrow, your trauma, your, your that self gets frozen at its peak, right? So that little seven-year-old boy of your consciousness, the slice of the pie that is you runs down into the basement of your subconscious and is no longer accessible. Who cares, right? It's traumatic. You don't want to see him again. You're like, whatever, good riddance. But in holding, the person holding that seven-year-old boy's hand is 
the Jeremy of you that had joy, that had bliss, the duality of that emotion, they all come in too. So if you lose the trauma, you lose the happiness. So mm. now you're unintegrated. There's a piece of you missing and you're like, well, fuck, I don't need it. But then you're this age and that, that missing hole in your timeline is coming back to define your relationships, your friendships, mm. your self-worth. So it's really important to call that piece of you back. Uh, I was at a, oh, I was at the Kyle Cease. We, we go to a lot of <laughs> events yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, I was at the Kyle Cease event and he, and I don't know if you remember this. I tell this story all the time. There's a lady there that w- went up and performed a poem she had written her eight-year-old self. And she is talking about, obviously she had been molested and like was like over and over repeatedly molested by her father or someone that was like in the house and she was crying and she was reading this letter to her eight-year-old self saying i wish i could tell you that in one year's time the monsters will leave you'll move you won't see him anymore she'll leave him blah blah i wish i could tell you that when you turn 21 you'll finally get away and find happiness and meet a man who sees you in a ball gown i wish i could tell you and she kept saying all these things and she's crying getting louder sobbing sobbing and the finally the the last line was like i wish i could tell you this at eight years old but i can't and i love you and i wish i could have saved you but i can't and she's sobbing and kyle sees just pauses and he looks at her and he's like but you just did and she's like what and she, he's like those tears are your eight-year-old self literally receiving that message <sighs> and my god yeah i know it's it's unbelievable it's so true like you can speak and call those aspects of yourself back and it's just that idea of suicide like if you are feeling and that was that was a big takeaway from mine is like I didn't it didn't work and in my discovery of like holy shit that I I shouldn't be here I tried to drive my car off a cliff as soon as the tires hit the edge it engine died I sat in the ditch and I was sobbing I was like holy shit this is the first thing I've ever committed fully to my life and it was to die so what happens if I flip that energy and commit to living? Like, what does that look like? How can I exist? Yeah. Boom. <laughs> that was probably the That's coolest. That's like so powerful. It's, it's the only reason I'm here still. Like, what oh does my, my life God. look like when I commit to living? And like you listening, have you committed to living? And I'm going to ask you right now, Jeremy. All like, in on all in. Have is, you? Is my friend Brandon Collinsworth's line. All in on all in. Ooh, I love that. Are you yeah. committed to living? All the way. I feel like there's always a bit more, mm. and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like I'm I'm big on this idea of pursuing the edge. Oh, like life, that should be a book name. Pursuing the edge. I love that. We'll workshop it. Okay. But so the idea being. Oh my god, that's our workshop name. Like. Go ahead. We need to do the work. You keep. Are we actually going to do this? Tan- because you this keep is, texting me March ninety two. This is a tangent. Hang on. Oh, sorry. Hang on. Focus. So this like, this idea of the edge. So if you're like I'm on a table right now of the edge of being, you know, obviously the edge. And so so to me that it that means um, vulnerable conversations. That means um, doing things I've never done before. That means taking chances. Yes. That means following my heart. It means aliveness, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. That means posting vulnerable shit on the internet, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, pushing the boundaries of of what's truly possible. Mm-hmm. And so I like this idea of staying on the edge and chasing the feelings that are associated with that. And 
how I know that I'm not staying on the edge is when I'm feeling comfortable. Safe. When I'm feeling um, bored. Uh huh. Bored's a good one. Like when I'm yeah. When I'm feeling when I'm feeling complacent. When I'm Neutral. feeling annoyed with the work and that I have to do or the life that I'm living. In like, the world. Like I'm not. I'm not alive. So mm. I can. For me, that that chase of that aliveness mm. is. Um, is the goal, mm-hmm. I suppose. It's not the goal, but it's the process. And then referring back to your question of like being all in, I feel like there's definitely still parts of me in my human experience where I'm um, avoiding the responsibility or avoiding the limelight or avoiding the, or, or getting distracted or making excuses or, mm. you know, all the limiting beliefs and stuff. So I would say that I am as alive as I can be currently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and totally accepting that as perfect and whole and complete, Mm -hmm. you know, masterpiece, et cetera. And like, I am a work in progress. Like I am under construction. (laughs) Like I am improving every fucking day. Like like my trajectory is strong. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so that's kind of how I see that whole puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, talk, I was going to ask you something. Well, while you're thinking about that, there's a quote that says, from the edge we can see far more. Oh, That's yeah. definitely not. I butchered the shit out of it. But um, <laughs> And then there's beautiful. another part. <laughs> right? And then after, um, it's like something about how um, when the people who have gone over it, like they never return. We don't know what they've seen. Oh, it was in Free Solo. Was have it? you seen the movie no, Free Solo? Told me to watch it. I haven't oh seen it. my god, it's so I've been good. Avoiding things that are good for me. But so. he he talks of Free Solo is a movie where this lunatic genius climbs a mountain in Yosemite that's never been climbed. He has no safety gear Gosh. at all. And lunatic or genius? It won an Oscar. Oh wow! He's a genius at what he's doing. Yeah, um, I've seen those are similar. So. So basically the line is something like, you know, the people that chase the edge eventually find it. Oh, right? And I so when you're talking about going too far, or pushing too strong, or uh, going overboard, like that's a danger. So I think they're at the same time of that pursuit, which I thought was so fascinating in that film, is because he's very analytical about the process really? of like safety, repetition, preparation, etc. Like it's the fucking edge of the edge mm. of human history essentially. Mm-hmm. No one's ever done anything like that. And he was still like I've done the work. Like I'm ready. Wow. Like I'm ready to stay right there on Ugh. the edge of the edge. And that was really inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. I just had to write that Watch down. Watch that movie. I will. It's fucking bonkers. My coach says uh he always reminds me like this is a perishable skill. And I'm like, what do you? What does that mean? He's like, if you're not training this every day, and he's talking about a Krav Maga move, right? Like how mm-hmm. to get out of a choke. He's like, when it happens, it's you're not going to be able to instinctually do it. You're going to be in like all these emotions oh, like of fight it. Or flight. Yeah. yeah. So like when I was doing knees, I kind of was just cheating. Like, oh yeah, like uh, just uh, lifting my knee, pantomiming almost what I should be doing. He's like, if you do that here, you're going to do that sloppy shit out there, and you'll get taken. And I was like mm. mind blown because the things he says actually just bleed into every other area mm. of my life. Like, love is a perishable skill. Like, respect, compassion, 
grace, understanding, all these things, like everything is a perishable skill. If you're not actively doing that, if you're not actively working on a relationship with yourself, when you meet someone else, like you're not going to have any practice. That's not the the time to like wait to practice your swing yeah. when you get the, you know, you yeah. get the chance to. And it's interesting because you hear that at the end of relationships, often with men, unfortunately, of, oh, no, no, now, uh, now I'm ready to do the work. Or like, yeah, let's go to the therapist. And you're like, no. By then, it's too late. Yeah. Like, you've got to be doing the work day in, uh-huh. day out. It's a practice, right? Yeah. Which is one of the things that I like most about meditation or yoga in general is that it's called a practice. Yeah. It's like, get I on do. the mat day after that. day. Like, meditate day after day, even though... It's the experience. It's, it's, it's the experience. not about the shape of your body or like the yeah. way you do something. It's like what's it filled with. Yes. What have we not talked about that you that's coming up for you? Like, is there anything that I you want to love? The death meditation. The death meditation. But if you're not interested, then I don't have to. The go. death meditation. I mean, you it think kind like, of sounds like lame or boring. But yeah, it sounds like there's nothing at all <laughs> nothing to talk dis- about. Discussed here. Yeah, the death. No, I don't know. I don't think my no one's gonna care. Yeah. No. No. Let's talk about the life meditation. I should make one of those. Let's talk about the weather. Ooh, no, well, tell the, me about the fucking death meditation. What's the death meditation? Do you like pretend you're dead? Yeah. So I just dress you like a mummy. No, you don't. No. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to do that to you and tell you that's what it is. And we'll, totally we'll go live and film it. Yeah. Um, so the death meditation is something I channeled in uh, teaching at the rehab center. What does that mean? So channeled means that it comes through and you don't know. It's not a source. You didn't read in a book. You're you didn't just like, about we're going to do this thing. It just happens. It's kind of like how I write where like, yeah. it's just coming out of your mouth and you're like, oh, you're hearing it as it's coming live. Mm-hmm. So essentially why it happened for me was I was doing eye gazing with these individuals in the rehab center and there was this man who was probably around uh early 40s and he was tatted and he had kids and he just didn't give a shit to be there and uh one of his first times there with me and I have him in a park gazing into this girl's eyes and he's just like kind of giggling and like not taking it seriously but also I could see he was in so much pain and he wasn't dropped in his body. Like to, to heal, you have to be in your belly. You have to be in your body. And I was like, God, I always focus on the one person in the room that's like the the least involved. So I can just, if I can crack, crack them, I can crack the whole room. So I just zeroed in on his energy and I was like, what is the answer of why and how I can get this man to feel, to break, to experience himself? And it just came through so clear, like you have to kill him. And I was like, oh shit what? And like, it's like this brief moment where I'm having this conversation while I'm I'm like, you know, guiding them through this eye gaze. Um, and like it just, the second line of it was like, he can't move past. He can't move forward unless he moves past the wall he's built that everyone in his life has agreed. He's a piece of shit. He is nothing to like, he has nothing to contribute. Like there's a wall in front of all of us that has just like smeared lines and like graffiti of everyone in your life. That's like, Oh, you're just this or, Oh, you're that. Or, you know, she's the bad kid from the time you're little, or he's the bad boy, or he's just like slow or he's special. Like whatever you're told, you're in this room of just like bullshit lies, but you're reading them every day. So you start to think they're true. So anyway, I just was like, okay, I have to kill him. I have to, I have to break what he's been so he can, the bone can reset, right? They say you break a bone, mm. it grows back stronger. So I just started to have him imagine the last day of his life. But the whole group, I was like, okay, you're at this park, you're at rehab, cool, cool beans. Like this is any other day, it's a Sunday. But then all of a sudden you feel a tap on your shoulder 
and you turn around, there's a man. He looks in your eyes and he says, Jeremy, this is your last day on earth. You actually need to come with me. You don't get to go home and get any of your stuff, anything you bought with your money. You don't get to say bye to anyone. Like however you've left everyone in your life, this is the last conversation that they'll remember you by. And even now it's like, oh fuck, like you think about that. Like what's the last conversation you had with everyone in your life? Is it what you want it to be? So I just started to kill him and I didn't know that it was a real thing. So afterwards I did this whole experience and everyone was bawling. He just lost it. He fucking lost his shit, sobbing, convulsing, and like wouldn't even let go of his partner um, in the moments I cued this hug. Um, and my friend who's like really deep, in shamanic practices he's been like certified in all these different things he's my favorite teacher and he looks at me he's like how did you where did you learn to do the death meditation i was like what and he's like where did you learn to do the death meditation like i've never heard you talk about that we've done we've like worked together for a while now i was like what is that he goes what you just did and i i was like astounded and so i learned it's an old tibetan practice it's a modality of the art of experiencing and or imagining not experiencing but imagining your death to, in order to inspire yourself to live more. Mm. And so there's like rings you can buy that have like a skull on it and it's mm. like a Tibetan imbued like thing. And every day you're supposed to look at it and like put that energy of like your death. Okay, you imagine this. And death has such a dark connotation, but it's actually almost like more inspiring of life than anything else. Because without the taste of the end, without the the see, without seeing that like you're running a race and like the end is over here you're not going to run fast you're not going to run hard you're just going to show up and like walk or maybe not even do it at all but like if you know that there's like something at the end like keep going so we're, we're on a slippery slope down a rabbit hole because for me death is like i have a whole module in my group coaching thing about death Ooh. it's like i'm totally on board with that that's amazing yeah i think it's one of the to biggest have that in coaching you're incredible I think, you're incredible also but thank, thank you. you we'll pay each other five dollars for that yeah <laughs> i think i think it's exactly that is we we forget and we're under this illusion that we have time mm. right yeah. and and that like this idea that like death makes reservations mm. for your life like oh at 4 p.m uh in april in 2026 then i'll show up mm-hmm. and one of the things i'm really kind of inspired by in somewhat of a morbid way but the way I frame it is is more powerful is is that like every single day there are people lots of fucking people who just die yeah. and they don't expect to die that day mm-hmm. and there are plane crashes or murders they don't wake or up. buses or they don't wake up or something happens in the hospital whatever mm-hmm. but like and it just is like it Instantaneous. stops everything stops and for me that big picture perspective is really powerful to shape everything else yeah of like is it really matter that (laughs) you know my laundry's dirty or i get rejected that i get rejected or they don't fall in love with me or or that nobody liked that instagram post yeah oh my god or that whatever yeah it's like all of it it doesn't fucking matter so it doesn't fucking matter um conan o'brien was on this um talk show couple months or a couple weeks ago i just saw this clip on the internet and was He's like dis- was distracted and was like oh conan o'brien and um or it was an article whatever but but the line was something to the effect of at some point all of our graves go unattended whoa and i was just like dang he's got a great commitment and maybe it wasn't even him i'm making that up but i think it was he has a great commitment speech on youtube oh so really that's something to but it's at. that it's like at some point we will all be forgotten. Mm-hmm. 
And in my um, in the module in my online program, I I reference like, or I ask this question of, hey, tell me somebody that was alive in the year fifty six. Like, uh-huh. well, you can't. You yeah. like literally can't think of a single person. That was like two thousand years ago. It's kind of far, right? So let's try it again. So tell me somebody that was alive in the year sixteen fifty six, which was you know five hundred years ago. Okay, how about eighteen fifty six? Right, yeah. and suddenly you're like, 1856 wasn't that long uh-huh. ago, 150 years ago or whatever. Like, how many people can you name from 1856? And then I include, I think his name is Franklin Pierce. I was like, hey, do you know Franklin Pierce? Like, no, because that was the U.S. president in 1856, Whoa. and like nobody fucking knows the guy. Yeah, like he was the president of a country that you live in yeah. and you don't even know. So. And, and like even just individually, and, I'm, and I recognize I'm totally on a soapbox right now. But no, I'm, get on there. It's good. Is, is um, like in my own life, I don't know my great-grandparents' names. Wow. So like, true. Like, I Some don't, people don't even know their grandparents' names. I did this 23andMe thing. I was like, oh, that's where I'm from. Wow. Like, uh-huh. so anyway, this is all an extended <laughs> soliloquy. I <laughs> love that to word, suggest, soliloquy. To suggest <laughs> that... Death is one of the most empowering things there can be. And it goes back to what you were expressing about duality of like, if there's no lows, there's no highs. So like no death, no life. Like if you want to get really intimate with life, you got to get really intimate with death. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Because there's one thing I had to mention and I forgot about with the death thing. Yeah. Um, and it just like, like a bird flit out of my head. God, hang on. Okay. Oh, so I believe that de- depression and suicidal thoughts are just a way of you and your high and your consciousness communicating to you like hey shit needs to change hey you're Mm. really fucking in the wrong place right now hey you're really unhappy hey let's move so when you start to look at those things is not like actually what they what the like um god what's that word like uh what the flashcard says, right? The flashcard on one side, you put a name and on the back, you give the explanation. So the flashcard might say depression on the front, but the backside says, Hey, you're not honoring your highest alignment. Hey, this is not the right person for you. You're not the right person for them. Hey. And so instead of reading what we just, the, the front is just a reference point. It's just something you call it. You call it depression. You call it suicidal thoughts. But it's actually just a signal of, signal of change, in my opinion. Mm. So that's what I wanted to say to people that are feeling those things. And it's like, this is actually just something you're trying to communicate with yourself. Does that make sense? Somewhat. I, th- I think what you're saying is that, um, that, that words are simply used to define ideas, right? That we've collected. But the cause of, the cause of those, of those symptoms. The cause of those disorders or the cause of those mental illnesses might be varied, right? In the way that, like, food mm-hmm. could be a burrito or a hamburger or a banana. Mm-hmm. It's all food, but it's different for every person. Well, it might say food, but it means well, laughter. So the thing we're is... We're getting off track. So okay, how, how would you sum it up, though? Like, what, so, what's okay, the, here it is. Yeah. My friend said, Jade, if you're... If you've convinced yourself that you're a final straw person, you will always need a final straw to change. Yes. So therefore, my life is led largely before this year in extremes. 
So if I needed to change, like my friend Ali and I were on a road trip and we, and we were talking about how she's younger than I am and she's more pure and angelic and just like vibrant in that way of youth and innocence. Yeah. She's 21 and 31. And uh, we were saying, my friend Dakota was like, it's so funny because Ali hears a whisper from the universe like, hey, maybe you shouldn't date that person. And Ali's like, oh, okay. Maybe I should, I'm going to listen to my intuition. Like, yeah, I don't know what this means, but I'm just going to not explore this. Like, I'm just going to honor it. Me, universe goes, hey, maybe you shouldn't like this person. Like, fuck, shut up. I'm going to do this. And I push it off and I keep going. It's like pushes my shoulder. Hey, like, this is not a good idea. We're telling you, I'm like, no, fuck off. Like, bye. It shakes me by the shoulders, punches me in the face. I'm like, I'm going to do this whether you want me to not. Like, I I take a yell from the universe and it's not healthy to do that. It's, you learn the hard way. Yes. Because I've conditioned myself to learn the hard way. Mm. But I don't need to always learn the hard way. I don't need to have the final straw. Mm. And that's why this breakup has been so beautiful because it wasn't out of the end being so ugly. It, it was. It's still in love. Like, I still... I didn't have to, like, lie and change that energy to hate. Mm. It's Love can still... Like, I wrote this line sometime, like, love sometimes means leaving. Mm-hmm. Like... It doesn't, that's what I'm saying. The flashcard could say love, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you stay. It could mean mm-hmm. that you leave. Like you just have to interpret things differently. You're just conditioned to saying depression. And then you just go into this like Story. societal, yeah, agreement of what you think it is. But like, what if depression doesn't mean you are a piece of shit? You're not doing enough. What if it just means like, hey, it's a whisper. Mm. Like you're unhappy right now. That Like that's why I love jealousy because Jealousy is so such an, I know I'm just like giving you more and more shit under the tree, but like jealousy is such an indication of what you wish you were doing more of or what you wish you were feeling more of. So like you're seeing this person and this girl, say you're watching somebody and you're like, oh my God, this, I'm so jealous of this girl and, and how fit she is. But really it's just saying like, Hey, you're not working out the way that you want to be working out. But we just get so stuck on blaming or looking outward. We lose the opportunity to change. Mm-hmm. And the fuel is like what is the whole entire like podcast. If I could sum it up on all these things is like your energy is fuel or it's poison. You choose. I like that. So what's your process for choosing? Like, how do you, how do you make that decision? Well, I lived a long time swallowing the poison and being like, I just must deserve this. This must just be mm. who I am. I must just date people who shit on me. And I was like, no, I was literally just drinking the gas I was supposed to put in my tank and being like, oh, I'm just a healer. I'm just an empath. I'm just that. No, like spit that shit out. It's all just stories. Uh Uh-huh. It is. So tell yourself a different one. Stop. Like people just write until they get to a chapter where it's too painful and they stop writing and they live there in that fucking chapter they hate. I don't know why I can't meet anyone, but they think of the one person that they lost instead of moving that energy forward. That's the thing is like heartbreak is the same, same energy as love. It's just transitioned. It's changed into a different space. So then keep it moving. How do I choose those two things? Well, I know what poison tastes like, feels like, does to you. I have no interest in that. I have tasted joy for the first time in my life. I've climbed out of the dark fucking abyss hole that I was in when I was 25. And... I don't need to learn that anymore because I truly did. And the other thing I I wanted to clarify is that you were saying, you were clarifying how I got over 
or how I got through or how I process things. And you said, well, you asked for help. But at the same token, I think a lot of times we talk too much about our stuff to a wide variety of people and it dilutes the message. Cause all of a sudden you're thinking like, I, I love this because I've got so many friends who are not friends with each other because they're from such different walks of life and ages. And like, I just have an eclectic group of people. And when someone's telling me something it's just so purely from their lens and how their Mm. relationship is and i'm like this is just not even what is i'm experiencing this is literally just you married the first person that you ever knew or slept with so you can't possibly give me feedback on this and an astrologer one time said like no one in the world can have the same star alignment as someone else and i'm not really interested in all of that but i that was such a huge takeaway like you're asking someone to check their map about where you're going and Mm. it's not even the same planet like it's never going to be the right answer. You have to find that. So balancing the duality of like asking for help from the right people who are really in your corner and who are pure enough to reflect back what you need to see instead of putting their, their thumb on the scale, so to speak, and spending enough time with it yourself. Like this is for you. These experiences are for you. And so when I, while I did go to my mom when I was low and my friends a few times, I spent quite a bit of time moving it through myself and keeping it very potent. And I feel like that's kind of part of why it kept moving so collectively instead of being disjointed and disoriented from all these people giving me their interjections. And projections. Mm-hmm. Like and oftentimes projections. We, we just are... I think it's important to be really careful about who we ask for advice yes. or for help. And I find often we know what they're going to say. So we go to them to confirm the story in our yeah. brain. And, it, and I think that's one reason why hiring a coach uh-huh. or going Mental. to personal, develop, personal development events, getting objective opinions is so powerful because those kind of interactions don't really they don't know the old stories yeah they just see the facts uh-huh. of like you know you're you're doing that right For sure or hey what if you told yourself this uh-huh. or what would ease look like what if you're wrong you know those kinds of things i went i had a retreat once and this lady was a little older and she was telling me the story on the first day we were walking to this place we were doing yoga at on the beach and she was saying, you know what, I, I just kind of came here because I wanted to figure out, like, I'm, I've never chosen. I've never seen. I'm never included was her main thing. I'm never included. Mm. I'm always just kind of like the last to be picked or whatnot. And as she finishes that sentence, we, we get up to the place where we're going to do yoga. And she, like, breaks off from me before I can say anything. And it was a big space. And there was only, like, 20, 30, 30 people, I think. So we had two rows of 15. She went to the dark back corner by herself <laughs> And I'm like, this is so ironic. You just said you never get included. And yet you just, what's, discluded? Disincluded? Ostracized. Ostracized, yeah. But I thought there was another inversion of that. Excluded. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Much less refined. Um, You just excluded yourself and put yourself in in that story. You're keeping it, you're breathing life into the thing that you are in pain about. Yes. But that's a good thing because it's life is always giving you the experience and the same lesson until you learn it. It's like a video game. You're like, why am I at level nine again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Like, I keep coming back to this one level. And uh, it's as simple and complicated as, like, realizing maybe you're the problem, which means maybe you're the answer. Bang. 
Bang, bang. Like, you're the only problem in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the only consistent thing in all these things. There's nothing to get shameful about. That's such a wasted energy. Shame or, like, oh, God, like, sorrow. Like, just, okay, accept it and then move forward. That's why I'm saying, like, the balance of the masculine energy is very powerful and healing because... But you can't go too mass. You can't have all masculine energy because then you just kind of like jump over the whole thing. It yeah. has to have a little bit of the feeling and the movement through. It's like such an art. Yeah, it's delicate, right? It's beautiful. It's like you got to marinate in that. Like get still. But not just, too long. But Don't not put too it to long. bed and breathe it like life into it every yeah. day. Oh, that's other thing too is like the challenge groups and the retreats I do. It's so incredible to watch people bring the things that they hate about themselves or the things that people have told them about themselves into a room that does not have that in it. I always talk about this in yoga. I'm like, the thing you're worrying about right now is not present in this room. Can you find it for me? Can you point it out to me? No, it's not here. It's not happening. Mm. So the only time that the past is alive is in our minds. So when I'm creating these groups, I'm like, you know, you can walk up here and reinvent the shit out of yourself. You can walk in and just like mm. hated purple your whole life. And all of a sudden, all you wear is purple because the power comes in the, in the form of like, no one here knows you. No one here is your f- best friend since you were 14. It's like, that's not who you are when you try and become vegan or you're trying to become healthy. Or like this one girl asked me a question one time. She's like, I stopped drinking alcohol and now I'm not, I'm no longer, not only not invited, but I'm not welcome at events with my friends because they are like pissed off I won't drink or not this. And sometimes your circle has to die or, or contract or leave or shift. And that's mm-hmm. the price you pay. I love that, that meme that's like, you think enlightenment is like butterflies and like happiness? No, it's like you lose everyone. Your family thinks you're crazy and mm. it's painful. Welcome to paradise. Like <laughs> it's fucking true. Yeah. But My friend uh, Yana Robinson has this great thing that she says about her life being a, a party bus. Mm-hmm. And that every so often it stops and people get off. Mm. And you're like upset. Like, oh, they're leaving my party. They don't like my music. They don't like the way I'm driving. But in doing so, they create a few spaces Ooh, where people can get on that really love what you're doing that really love you going. for you and that support love you that. for you and these kind of people that are going to judge you because you don't drink then they're all they want you to be a certain way they're no longer your people they don't in that moment they don't want you to be you they want you to be a them. version of you that pleases them yeah right they want you to be more like them so they don't have to recognize where they're holding back yeah and when and when you yeah when you do commit fully to being yourself and you start to love yourself and accept yourself and live to your highest potential and whatnot, then your people find you. And you trigger the fuck out of people in your life that are not doing that. I wrote this line today too, like, you can't be with a partner who's not working their passion and try and be in yours because they'll trip over yours and blame you. They'll (laughs) think like, oh shit, oh, I'm mad at you for this. And like, what? I'm expanding myself. Like the only problem here is that you're not doing that. <laughs> and it triggers your jealousy and your like Relationships insecurity. are so good for They're that. They're fucking beautiful. They paint every photo you need. Like every picture you need to understand what's going on. Mm. But we just like to like, it's their problem. It's this. Mm-hmm. No, take a step back. Think honestly. Was it you that shared the story about the monk? About yeah. being ready? Mm-hmm. Or it was a story, right? I do right? it again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In an English shitty accent. You, was it, did you write it or was it a post that you no, read or something? No, I wish I wrote it. Um, oh, I put it on my story, but okay. I also wrote a post about it that okay. everyone really liked. It was um, 
Oh no, that was another. But like a guy's studying with a monk. Yeah, and he, he comes to this. This guy comes to this monk, and he goes, "Hey, I want to learn enlightenment. Like, I want to be enlightened. What's the most powerful thing I can do for that?" And he goes, "Okay, I need you to isolate yourself. Go live in a cave." And the guy does it for years and years. He like reaches enlightenment. He feels fucking powerful. He gets all everything about life, and then. He emerges one day and sees the monk. He's like, dude, I did it. Like, I fucking did it. I did everything. And the guy goes, oh, good. You're ready for the next level. He's like, no, next level? Like, no, that was the highest level. He goes, no, no, no. The next level is being in relationship, which is like, oh, shit, you know? I I just am so fascinated at studying why people do what they do. And I love watching relationships that are dysfunctional. And it's, (laughs) I mean, that sounds shitty, but it's like, there's just such an obvious thing going on like an obvious pattern and I read this uh, there's a book called Heal Your Mind I think my friend was reading she was telling me that the the supposedly the perfect partner for you has an opposite exact brain of yours and together it makes a, a full like well-rounded dualistic brain but the irony is like we start to get a little bit confused and we think my way is the best way. So my part, I want you to act like me more because I know the better way, the more efficient way, The but it's really just the way you've chosen to function and create your life. And when you do that, when you ask your partner to be more like you, their gifts die. Like mm. maybe the, me- like I'm really messy. And so my mess is correlation to my mind and like where I'm at and how I create and like, I don't want to spend my time putting everything in like color coordinated fashion because I want to just have everything where I can grab it and push. Like if I started to be very neat, this is like the story I tell myself. Yeah, if I started I to be really like, neat. Cute story, Jay. Right? It's just yeah. like I'm just hiding my dysfunction um, in, the, in the wrapped up yeah. version. But, you know, that's a shitty ex- explanation. But there's just gifts that you'll lose when you ask someone that they'll lose when you ask someone to be more like you. Like, no one's here to be your twin. We don't need any more Jeremy's. We definitely don't need any more Jade's. Like, someone's like, I hope you have a baby because we need another Jade in the world. It's like, fuck, no, we don't. This one's already mm. too much. I don't want to... I wouldn't ha- want to have a baby that's me. I want to have someone that's themselves. Yeah, amen. I think... Tangent, of course, but... I, I said that to someone once, that... I think the sign of a really good parent is if your kid is drastically different than you oh i love that yeah because they're not a little replica i I think i said it to my dad even once like look man like i'm so different are you i was gonna oh my god yeah so different Uh and i was saying but like that means you did a really really good job because like i love my life like i'm Mm -hmm. doing exactly what i want to do i love myself Uh i'm happy yeah and like i'm living in a way that feels so good and yeah, that's very different than mm-hmm. the way that you choose to live. And our values are very different. And my lifestyle is very different. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, um, I hope you can recognize, like, you did a really good job of parenting. Like, because I'm exactly me and who I need to be, at least for now. Yeah, I think I, I didn't ask you what the parameters were of what you're willing to share. But since I knew yeah. a little bit of your background. Okay. You're like, Here okay, I'm like flipping the switch. I'm uh, in charge of this podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, can you agree that your parents, while not being perfect, did the best that they knew how in every yeah. given situation? Yeah. That's really powerful. Cause that's, yeah, that's a thing I... Get to that point. I love that, yeah. I think Brene Brown talks a lot about this concept of, you know, people are just doing the best they can. Ooh. And that when you accept that and embrace it, it's 
it makes your life Freeing. A, it makes your life a whole lot easier yeah because if we knew better we would do better yeah right? but people can't understand it like i i used to not be able to understand that when i got cheated on repeatedly i was like what do you mean you he knows like if he has to know better like this is common sense but it really is like you're looking at your point of view well there's there's the difference of course between like knowing and doing yeah like wisdom and, and action right so and so wow so the wisdom idea and action of, for sure yeah so like if you i read the other day that something like 60 percent of americans don't read books after high school oh right? my god it was God. something crazy kidding? like that right and so Ugh, so to me it's like what's the point of knowing how to read and and having that knowledge if you're not going to read books like you may as well not know how to read. Like you're no better than somebody that doesn't know how to read uh-huh. if you're not re- choosing to read the books, right? Like so the, true. the action. Anyway, um, any final? <laughs> it's already been podcast. like yeah, it's already been an hour and a half. I just looked down. Damn it! I love this. Um, Where can people find you on the internet? Nowhere. I'm hiding in my cave. You're, you're, I know that you're very active on Instagram. <laughs> that is the only place you can find me. And in fact, you will know this because you're my friend. But like, I'm really bad texting. Um, so internet is the best place. Um, I Jade Electra. Yes. J A D E A L E C T R A. Um, I was named after a guitar. My middle name is actually Electra. And I was named after a guitar cause my mom said my dad was in love with this guitar and she wanted to give me the best chance of being loved that deeply by him. I don't know if it worked, but like it was a good intention, but mm. Jade Electra and, um, yeah, that's pretty much the best place to find me cool dropping it like it's hot out there throwing down the vulnerability why why are you giving that look i don't know i was like drop it like it's hot like i don't know if you i'm dropping it i don't know if that's an accurate description of what you do drops of vulnerability all over my instagram you you described your your profile or your page as something like i want it to feel like you're reading my diary was that you yeah something like that my bio literally reads I, i like that Thank you. It actually came to one day when I was like really deep in pain. Did you channel it? I don't know. I just was like one day my... Shut up. Why are you making fun of channeling? I was just trying to speak speak your language. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, I did. I was just... I forget what my bio used to say. It was something that didn't... All of a sudden I felt like, oh, I'll agree that. I need to change Mm. it. And I wrote this thing and I kind of felt like, ooh, that's a little bit almost too vulnerable to be like the first thing. You know, they say like draw on your reader and like make them want to... Yeah, they say I, lots of things they say lots of things but i thought i i think it makes a little bit of sense sometimes in ways but like the thing i wrote on my bio kind of i, w- I would say deters you from wanting to read it because it mm. says reading my page will feel like reading parts of my journal you shouldn't and then let it burn like keep going mm. um parts of my journal you shouldn't yeah because it's so it's, it's like the pieces where i, I you're like, wow, she posted this online. Or well, like, it's like, like if you've ever found like your brother, or your sisters, or your mom, or someone's journal or someone's letter, like a piece of them that like you were snooping or you found this or they left it out or they left it at your house. And you're like, oh shit, like I stumbled upon this page. Oh, I'm just going to peek. Like now you're looking at this page like, oh God, I just learned something about them that like I really shouldn't have done. I mm. want I want. You want that. That feeling. Yeah. Like this is what I just want to warn. Like this is where you're, we're going. Why do you want that feeling? Because it's something that's real and it gives something. So Tony Robbins says that when he talks about himself in fourth grade, he shares story because it makes you think about when he's talking about that yourself in fourth grade. Mm. So I go there because I want you to go there, but I also am just going there anyway. So if it helps someone, one person, great. Mm. But like, this is... 
Just wherever. Um, where are you going next? Physically? No, like, okay. like, uh, like in in a year from now. Like, what are you, like, what are your dreams and aspirations? Like, who are you gonna be? What's the? <sighs> I love that what question. Are you passionate about. Um, you're gonna have a book out. I am <laughs> manifesting I'm just that. Throwing oh. that right back in your face. I am gonna have a book out. Um, it's exciting. It's so ex- It's so exciting. It blows my mind. Um, but honestly, when on the third of January, like my boyfriend and I broke up. I felt it was weird because it's normally two months ago it today. Was, oh God, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, that made my stomach sick. Um, every year, like why did it make your stomach sick? Because I still love him. Yeah, and it's just it's a it's a weird thing to walk away from something you still love, but also very powerful. And I'm still navigating what that looks like and is. Um, but New Year's is my deepest like my favorite holiday to me it's like my most sacred and people kind of look at me like what um but every year i create a goal i have a very intensely like sacred time myself and this year i didn't have that and i couldn't it was like all of a sudden i couldn't see into the future i couldn't even create a goal for myself any goal i could not see anything i also hit two goals last year that i never thought i could so then i was like oh shit i burst the ceiling like what do i do now i couldn't see the future and i think it's because we were gonna break up and like the Mm. timeline was about to change Yes. And a part of me knew that. So when on the 3rd of January we broke up, I was like, oh shit, who am I? What am I doing? So only now, after two months of like walking away from the car wreck, am I recognizing what I want. So I just, you know, I launched a new challenge. I am commanding some work with some really powerful friends of mine work with you like I'm really just aligning with some of my really really gifted friends that are synergistically going to like just take my work and their work to the next level um so I'm going to I have a one-way ticket on in two days to go to Kauai and then I have a one-way ticket from there to go to Bali and after that I don't know what I'm doing I'm just literally wandering so I don't know what my year is like I know I'm putting my book out I'm going to Bali to focus on putting that together facing that fear and just the business side of all that is like, ugh. but I'm, I've wanted to do that since I was a little kid. Like I can't even imagine a book with my name on it. I cannot even wait. Well, if you need any help with any of that, just hit me up. I'm glad this is recorded because I'm literally going to ask you I would love to, to help, help you with get, all of that. I would love to help you get your book out. <laughs> because I'm literally holding your book right now tangibly. Like looks good, right? It's amazing. It's so cool to hold my friend's book. And I'm so proud of you. And I wanted to say that because I also love that it says tear and share these poems to make kindness cool. Like that's dope. Um, action. We talked about action that. for sure. You literally create a book that requires and encourages you to have action, but to hold, you know, you and I met in a group of writers and now to see that, like, I think almost everyone in that group, but me has a book out or two or more, like what the fuck? That's so cool. There's never been a more potent time to just like tangibly create something. It's not, it's no longer like just celebrities or you climb the top. It's like anyone can do anything. That's, that's amazing. Yep. You're amazing. Thank you, you for everything you are. Thank you. Um, should we, should we wrap it up? You know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Do we have to? Can we just do a five hour podcast? I think we, we're trying. Let's do an all nighter. We're trying. <laughs> if um, you're still out there, we're really, really impressed. Yeah, if you're still listening right now, holy shit, you are. A <laughs> they really, probably took a nap in the middle and then came to, yeah, and now a, they're here. You're a good human. <laughs> um, thank you so much for, for coming to hang, for mm. being amazing, for being a light. Uh, I just, I seriously so admire and respect 
you and the work that you do and who you are and who you are becoming every day. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm just so glad you're in my world. Likewise. And Keep thank shining. you for, thank you. You too. Okay. Thank you for creating something, creating this podcast, deciding, you know, we were just talking about this before. And I guess you said on podcast one, you discussed it like just one day. Why am I not a podcaster? Why I am I not a writer? It. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking Googled it. Like I Googled. How do you, how do you make a podcast? And then you just did it the next yeah, day. Fuck it. That is so cool. I'm going to die tomorrow. I got to start a podcast. Exactly. And, and the, the last thing I'll say is like okay. the illusion of death. Or like the illusion, not not having a tangible feeling or grasp on your death makes it easier for you to have this illusion of like, you still have time. Oh, well, if I live till 85, then I can put this off for another four years. Well, maybe you don't know, but like two years from now, you're not going to be here. Yeah. So like start now. Uh, it's just like getting me fired up to do things I've been putting off. Let's, well, after this, let's just get to work. And okay. you too, listening. Like, yeah, get to work. What's too. that project for you? Like, dive in. And start. Start, start immediately. Action. Start the smallest single next step forward and just start doing. And if you don't know what direction, you can walk in any until it mm. becomes clear that it's not the one for you. Then you just redirect. Yeah. I got lost in... Um, we really are going to have a five-hour podcast. we're just going. <laughs> I, um, I got lost in Africa years ago on a hike by myself, oh. and I literally was lost, and I didn't know where I was. Wow. And I was walking down this dirt trail in the middle of you know, nature. There's nobody around. I'm walking down this trail, and it opens up into like a larger circle, still dirt, but it was a dead end. It was like a cul-de-sac. And I remember just stopping and staring at this thing and being like, holy shit, like, I'm totally lost. And I still know that this is not the way to go. Mm. And that felt really empowering in that yeah. moment. So even if you're lost, you will still hit some dead ends that will direct you to where you need to go. And, and obviously I, f I got home. And <laughs> I, I was going to say, are you okay? No, I'm still lost in Africa. <laughs> But like every time you said lost right there, even from the first time you said, it, I was like, oh, but you found yourself. Like you yeah. found a little piece in getting lost. Like that moment of like, mm. there is something, there's a gift even in that. Mm -hmm. Like even when you're lost, you're actually story being to found. Now. Yeah. yeah. And you are finding the next piece of your puzzle. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, okay. let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> we love you. Enough. We love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Good day, sir. Well, friend, that's all she wrote. And I hope you enjoyed that. You can follow Jade on Instagram at Jade Electra with an A-L-E-C-T-R-A. -E you can find me at Long Distance Love Bombs. And if you enjoyed the podcast, why not send it to a friend? Why not shoot him a message and say, hey, Jade and Jeremy are awesome. I really think you'd like this. Uh, hoping to spread some positivity in the world some good vibes, and some enlightened and empowered conversations. So anything you can do to support that is sincerely appreciated. And uh, until next time, keep smiling. And why not take the smallest step possible today towards the life of your dreams and becoming the person deep down you know yourself to be? I dare you, and the world desperately needs that. We need you to do that. So please do that. I love you.